Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff here on the Beaver County Times Sports Talk Network. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, are sports reporter Mark Vavia and education sports reporter Josh Carney. And guys, the playoffs, they're creeping closer. I can already feel the playoff atmosphere in the air, the intensity, the, the, the big drama, the upsets. They're all coming, but we're still a couple weeks away. The postseason pictures are getting a little bit clearer. We're seeing some teams really, really coming into form right now. We're seeing some teams kind of fade away a little bit. It's getting really interesting. We have a huge week seven ahead of us with some incredible matchups. But before we get into that, as always, we got to reflect on the week that was. It's time to now start our week six recap with our takeaways. And we'll start off with Parth. Parth, what do you got? Yeah, I think it's a little bit early, obviously, for this one, but I think Aliquippa is the, the clear top dog in yeah. uh, Parkways or Forays Parkway Conference. I mean, who's number two, right? Like they're they've won two games um, against Beaver. They beat up on Beaver two weeks ago, and they beat um, obviously Chartiers Valley by a significant amount this past Friday. Um, it's hard to see. It's hard to say who's second, whether that's Beaver or you know or Blackhawk or Monster. You know, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, in part, you you've seen both of Aliquippa's contests against those two teams. I wanted to ask you, uh, there were both big wins, and I know that Chartier's Valley score might be a little different had that not been in a rain delay. That could have affected things one For way sure. or the other. Um, who do you think looked better against Aliquippa? Was it the Bobcats or was it the Colts? I was surprised. I, it was the Bobcats to me, and I thought it'd be the other way around. You know, the Colts have a lot of talent, Lamont Payne included. You know, you covered them against Blackhawk, mm-hmm. and, and he went off on, on both sides of the ball. Um, I thought they would put up a better fight. Um, and obviously they did not, whether that's rain delay inflicted or, or not, we don't know. Yeah. And just looking at that, at those standings right now, Aliquippa, obviously they were going to be the favorite. I mean, that's the team. They won the conference last year. They, they, not many people expected them to lose a game in that conference. However, I think it would be fair to say that some expected them to be pushed a little bit more than they were by Chartier's Valley, especially the way that the Colts were playing recently. Josh, you just raised your hand. Do you agree with that? Just with the <laughs> I, I said last Star week. Be, has. Yeah, I said last week it'd be a closer game than everyone expected. I was uh, very wrong. So, <laughs> and that and that's good for Quip Nation. You know, yeah. I mean that that this team is it's it's rolling. It's getting better week by week, and that's what you're going to see with a sophomore quarterback and a, and a freshman running back. But it will be interesting to see because class four a only takes eight teams into the playoffs. And there's that one conference that has TJ and Bell Vernon and Laurel Highlands and all of those teams. Like that's going to say, that's a conference that's definitely sending at least three teams. And there's another, the other conference is also loaded. So this might be only one other team getting in from the parkway. And right now it's a whole mess to see who that second team is. Is it Montour? Is it Newcastle? Is it Beaver? Is it Chartier's Valley? It doesn't look like it's Blackhawk, who's 0-2 in the conference now. They'd probably have to win out, uh, and that's going to be tough considering they still have some big games against Beaver and Aliquippa on their schedule. It, it's it's going to be fun to watch that all unfold. Um, moving forward now, Josh, what's your big takeaway? The Beaver Falls Tigers are coming, guys. They I know that they had a really tough non-conference schedule to start the year, uh, but they are are firing on all cylinders. They are coming. They had a huge game last week. Uh, it was for second place in the MAC, and they beat up on Mohawk, forty-one to seven. They still have a matchup with Nishanika here in two weeks. That will really determine uh, second place if they're both. You know, I believe it's five and one in conference heading into that game. Uh, but Beaver Falls, uh, Noah, you talked about this earlier in the year. Don't write that team off. No. We didn't. 
here they are. They've gained experience, uh, and they are they are certainly coming and, and, and clicking at the right time. Uh, so that that's fun to see, and I was really impressed with what they did last week against the good Mohawk team that has kind of surprised us this season. Yeah, the only major disappointment Beaver Falls has had, in my opinion, is that loss to Laurel. Because not yeah. only, you know, that's Laurel's a team that Beaver Falls is supposed to beat every year. I don't care how good Luke McCoy is, and from what I've heard, he's probably behind Landon as the best running back pound for yeah. pound in the Whippeal. Yeah. But that shouldn't matter, especially when you have a, a, a two-score, I think it was even a three-score lead. In the, in the second half, which they did. And for them to blow that game, I mean, that, that blew them the conference championship right there. But that's still a team that, I mean, they have the guys. I mean, yeah, Brickner can throw the ball. They've got guys that can get open downfield with Singleton and, and um, Thomas and all of those guys. And they're dangerous and they're well coached. I mean, this is a team that was a two-point conversion away from going to the state championship last year. Yeah, I know they don't have Huff and, and Livingston anymore, but they still have more than enough returning talent to make another push. And no one should feel comfortable playing the Tigers right now. Freedom's got a tough matchup against them. Freedom's three and four. They're looking to sneak into the playoffs. They haven't had a losing record since I think 2016. So yeah. they're, they're looking to avoid that. That's a game that means a lot to them, but Beaver falls, man, they're, they're, they're a team that you need to look out for. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's just really impressive to watch and hats off to that coaching staff and those players, because uh, you can go in one direction uh, you know, when you start out in non-conference the way that they did and you can just kind of go in the tank, but uh, they've rallied. They, they got past that Laurel loss, even though it was heartbreaking and, and they are they are heading in the right direction at the right time. And you got to remember, that's a team that also had its game canceled against Olsh. I think they beat Olsh yep. if they yep. play them and you, you know, they beat Olsh. They don't blow that lead against Laurel. We're, we're looking at Beaver Falls as a completely different team right Absolutely. now who only has two losses to both 4A teams. And that's a different schedule, but we are where we are. Um, I'll wrap this up now with my uh, week six takeaway, and that is Moon is human. I mean, the Tigers, don't get me wrong, Tiger Nation. You, Your team is still far and away the best in 5A right now, at least, you know, uh, on resume. They have impressive wins. Peters Township is an impressive win, especially on the road when there's a 13-hour delay where you have to go home for an hour, an hour-long drive home, sleep, wake back up, get there early in the morning, that's always tough for a road team, especially when it's a far bus ride. You're sore and everything, and the way Moon plays, they're physical, and that's a good win. They have other good wins over some solid programs like North Hills, South Fayette. However, the thing that scares me about what I saw on Friday and Saturday is that Moon did not run the football, and we always kind of wondered what would happen if Moon did not run, could not get the run game going. They had 29 yards on the ground against Peters Township. And that's a team that always plays them tough. Ryan Lynn told me that. And they, sure, they scored 29 points, but seven of them came from a block punt. And two of their touchdowns came from great field position, thanks to a forced fumble from Bladell and a team punting on third down because they were that's, so scared. That was wild. Like, about I've him blocking another that. punt. So if they don't have that great field position, you know, that, that offense is in a much different situation. They had one true drive and they got that touchdown on a trick play. So the offense didn't look great. McGowan did do, you know, he did enough to get the job done. And I give him credit there. I always did wonder what, what's going to happen if he has to throw 30 times a game. I don't think he threw 30 times, but he threw uh, around 25, I believe. And he did enough to move the sticks, especially in the fourth quarter while they were trailing. So I'm not writing them off. I still think that they have more than enough talent in the coaching and everything to win Whippeal 5A. I don't think they're as 
far and away as a favorite as I used to think, though, because they're human, and that, yeah. and that's to be expected. I mean, 5A's loaded. We have no idea who's really going to be seated where come playoff time because yeah. aside from Moon, everyone's got like three losses. So it's, it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch here, and they've got another tough matchup this week. So speaking of Moon, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Parth is going to sit down and talk to our Beaver County Times Player of the Week, Ben Bladel. He had three sacks. He had two block kicks. He had a touchdown. He threw a touchdown. He caught the uh, PAT. He drove the bus. He cooked them breakfast. You know, he, he, he did everyone's <laughs> taxes on the coaching staff. He did it all. And Part's going to talk to him about everything, about his big performance and what he has cooking for the rest of the season when we return. All right, guys, welcome back to the Beaver County Times Sports Talk Show. Um, I'm here with Ben Bladel, defensive end for your number one 5A Moon Tigers football team. Ben, how's it going? Good, and you? Going great, man. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah. I've asked a lot of your teammates as I was at practice last week talking to, you know, your coach Ryan Lynn and, and talking to some of the guys there, but um, just kind of almost being the underdog for so long and, and being counted out this season by a lot of uh, media outlets before the season even began, how much bulletin board material was that? Like how much of a motivation was that for you guys to have the success you're having now? Uh, honestly, it was a lot because like we were always the underdog, even when we were eight and two, our sophomore year, won the conference. I mean, <clears throat> freshman year obviously wasn't a good, wasn't a good season. It was two and eight. And then we completely flipped it around when eight and two and nobody, nobody really expected that. And then, the next year, kind of a letdown, four and three, didn't even make the playoffs. And then this year, coming out and going seven and zero. I mean, it, it was it was obviously nobody really believed in us. <laughs> was there any people, you know, whether it be your teammates or people at school, like within the Moon area community, that were surprised by the kind of start that you guys are having right now? Uh, I think most of the. Because, I mean, obviously, we haven't really been very well at football for a while. So, I think most of our community was surprised. But I think us as a team, we all knew what we could do. It was just executing it and taking it week by week and actually doing it. Something Ryan Lynn told me that kind of stuck out um, when I came up there, I think it was last Monday or Tuesday, was the fact that um, before the season began, he didn't want to put too much pressure on you guys and, and say that, hey, this is the year that we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Um, so, he kind of left. Uh, I guess left the goals open or left the agenda open. And now that you, know, you guys have ripped off seven straight, he's had to reframe expectations um, and set new goals. Uh, what has that been like for you personally, just to um, kind of do a self-check-in and say, okay, you know, we, we've got seven down. Um, what do we want to accomplish here? Um, I think personally and talking to obviously all the other players on our team and like all the captains, obviously right now is to just win every every week but long term is to obviously win a state championship and hopefully when these next three get that by we can go undefeated for the regular season yeah last time uh moon won a Whitfield title was 1998 obviously you know that yeah um, do you know anything about that team I'm, I'm guessing that was before before you were even born yeah that was wait, that was like what <laughs> six years before I was born I really don't know much about that team now gotcha um Throughout this season, throughout this run that you guys have had, um, has that been brought up a lot? Like, hey, you know, first time in, what is that, 23 years, uh, just kind of making history. How much has that been a motivating factor? 
I don't think like it's been brought up like it's been brought up this year, but like we've talked about it before. Like from our freshman year, Coach Lynn is always like, we got to put that number up on the board. We want to be that team to put that number and get that twenty. Like this year, that twenty-one up on the board. We were that team that nineteen put that nineteen up on the board to win the conference champs. But other than that, we have no more. We have no numbers on that board right now. And he obviously wants to keep going and put the put the tall the top number on that board, which is to win a state championship. No, for sure. And you you mentioned kind of the ups and downs that you and your senior teammates have been through. You know, uh, having a pretty decent season. I think it was the first year, and then winning two games. Right as a sophomore, you said. No, so freshman year we went two and eight. That's right. And sophomore year we turned it around and went eight and two, and then last year was four and three. With kind of the ups and downs there of you know. Um, going to the playoffs as a sophomore and then then not making it again last season. Um, what's it taken for for you and the guys to stay, you know, stay, stay the course and um, see this thing through? I think a lot of it's been like we've been playing since we were like eight together, which like it's not really even a team anymore. It's like a family, honestly. I know a lot of people say that, but like it really is like we're all brothers, like because we've been playing this game for so long together. It's really awesome to play with your brothers every day <laughs> just talking to guys like Tate Beachy and, and Dylan Sleva and Tyler McGowan you know their, their faces light up when you ask them about kind of uh how the atmosphere has changed you know whether it be in the hallways at Moon or on Friday nights at Tiger Stadium or just in the community in general um from your perspective how is the how has the energy been different this year around Moon area has it you know the, with the fan support and the and the fanfare and all of that uh, I think no matter what, if you're doing well in something, obviously you're going to have more energy coming and more people coming out to watch you. So obviously there's been more people coming, but I think like personally, like for our team, I think our leadership has gotten a lot better, especially since like freshman year, you could see a large uh, incline on like the leadership. And I think that's been huge for our team. All right, we've talked a lot about your team. Let's talk about you. You know, I think what you're doing is, is insane just with the impact you're having in, you know, all three phases of the game, obviously. Um, I think you're up to, what, 15 blocked kicks in your career now after, after last game? Yeah. What is it? I think that's such a unique, unique skill set because not everybody can do that. Um, how do you practice that? How do you practice the timing of blocking a kick? Can you <laughs> you <that>? don't. <laughs> There's no practicing it. You just, like I told uh, Noah, you just run. <laughs> <laughs> that's there's like seriously no technique no for practice. that no no i mean now getting off the block i mean if they decide to block me because sometimes i literally go untouched but and you know even aside from that you you threw a touchdown pass and i believe caught a two-point conversion uh catch you know during in, in that contest um when was the last time before Friday night, or I guess Saturday morning, because you had a two-part game? Yeah, Saturday when was it, Yeah, when was the last time before Saturday morning that you had thrown a touchdown pass? Uh, last year, I threw one against Upper uh, St. Clair. Gotcha, gotcha. On the same exact play, actually. <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. <laughs> with, um, with kind of Moon getting more recognition, how has that been um, for you personally? Have you, have you gotten more attention with the things you're doing this year? Yeah, I think as like if you're doing well obviously those eyes are going to come and look at your team overall and then they're going to see like how your team is doing or what how like why your team is doing so well so i think then that's when they start looking into like who the players are and who's contributing the most so yeah and what does that look like and and for someone you know i guess you're what 18 years old 17 years old 17 uh, 
17. How do you handle that adjustment from, um, you know, kind of flying under the radar, not only as a team, but as an individual athlete to now being, you know, this guy that has a target on his back when you step on the football field? Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I got you. Um, and with uh, with college interest and offers and such, how how's that been looking? Uh, I don't have any like official offers or anything like that, but I'm going up to Slippery Rock this weekend. Last weekend, uh, I went to Edinburgh, and Edinburgh or uh, RMU wants me to come up in a couple weeks to walk, to visit. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. I know a, a lot of people. You know, even aside from the numbers, they might look at your you know your your physical. Uh, numbers here and you know you're what six foot 230 um, yeah and they, they might say you know for a for a college dn you might be a little bit undersized you know height wise what do you say to those people what what aspect of your game allows you to make up for that factor i think my speed and then my heart like just 100 percent every play like that's i think in my opinion that's the biggest like attribute for someone to have is their heart and the love for the game all right, we're going to move on to the speed round. I've got a couple, a uh, few quick questions, rather, that I want to um, ask you here. Uh, Noah wrote something interesting uh, when he wrote the story with your uh, win against Peters Township with your pregame meal that Saturday morning. I thought that was funny. Is that is that a normal pregame meal to you? Can you tell our listeners what you what you had that day? Uh, that morning, I mean, obviously, that was a different, like, different, like, pregame for, for an actual game because it was a Saturday morning instead yeah. of a Friday night. But I just had uh, – crackers milk and ibuprofen <laughs> what is your go-to pregame meal uh before like before the game it's we normally have a meal uh right after school which is normally like steak and some potatoes and some green beans and some, some uh what's it called uh, dirt the, the dessert dirt okay <laughs> that's cool favorite uh pregame hype song what's a what's a song that you bump you know before you step on the field what gets you hyped uh enter sandman that's a good one yeah <laughs> do you prefer playing offense or defense defense why is that uh, i think it's just so much better than offense because you get to physically do pretty much whatever you want to that opposing team and you mostly on defense you're the one giving out the hitting and the, giving out the punishments i'm guessing you've been playing football for quite some time but a uh, favorite football memory at any level uh, probably winning this, the so-called Super Bowl when we were like midgets back-to-back years and going undefeated. That's awesome. That is awesome. Best player you'll line up against this year, whether it's somebody you've already played against or somebody that you're going to possibly see these last three weeks. Probably South Fed's quarterback. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget his name. No, you're good. Favorite sports team, whether it's a football team, basketball team, whatever. Who's it? Steelers. Steelers. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, if you could hang out with one celebrity, whether it be an athlete or a non-athlete for for a day, who would it be? Uh, Probably Tom Brady. Answer. Hey, man, thanks so much for the time. Uh, appreciate you joining us here, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you.
Big thanks once again to Ben Bladel for coming on the show. Uh, uh, a heck of a player, Parth. Uh, I mean, good interview with him. This is yeah, a guy, I mean, chatting he, with him, yeah. and we both said, you know, uh, after we were done recording, just this is, a, this is a dude who, if he was a couple inches taller, he'd be committed to Penn State or Pitt by now. Oh, absolutely. He's a, he's a power, power five talent, just minus a few inches. One of the best all-around performances. It reminded me, and Josh, I brought this up to you, it, his performance – against Peters Township reminded me of that game James Harrison had against the Ravens on Monday night or Sunday night football. I forget what game I where it was. It maybe 07, 08, uh, where he just had like four sacks, like a whole bunch of forced fumbles. Like he, I've never seen a player really impact the game the way he did in, in all three phases of the football um, or all three phases of the game, I should say. So guys, it's pick time. Now take a look at the standings. Josh is in first place. One game behind him are our stringers. Bill and Joe, Parth and I are one game behind them, and in dead last, as as has been the case all year, is the house, <laughs> aka the, the basement, the foundation, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. He's the outhouse because he stinks. <laughs> 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 so we're going to keep picking here. It's going to be fun to see how this goes down to the wire, and I think we'll, we'll stop in the regular season with our picks, and then what we'll do is we'll do like a bracket thing like a bracket challenge. And maybe we can get the, the listeners and the readers involved in that. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, but until then, let's get into our week seven picks now. We have 15 games to choose from. 13 are on Friday night. Two of them are on Saturday. And fellas, we got some good ones. Let's dive into it right now. First one is Aliquippa over Montour, or Aliquippa against Montour. I already jumped the gun by saying we all have them 6-0. Over the Spartans, Montour, a solid program. They have a lot more losses than they probably should just because they've played some really good teams. Moon being one of them, a healthy West Day being one of them. Uh, but we all like Aliquippa there. The Quips continue to roll in the parkway looking for back-to-back -back conference championships. Moving on to our second game, Avonworth against Hopewell. Uh, not much discussion needed for this one. Hopewell continues to struggle. Uh, they're probably going to finish winless now that they fell to Quaker Valley last weekend. Um, we all like the Antelope, six to nothing in that one. Third game, Beaver Falls against Freedom. This is a game we just talked about um, in the first segment of the show. And Freedom has some talent, but Beaver Falls seems to be rolling. All of us are on the same page there. Six to nothing. We all like the Tigers. We move on now to our fourth game, and this is where we have some parity here. It's a little bit of different. Um, Blackhawk against Newcastle and Five of us took Blackhawk. The only one who did not was Parth. He's taking Newcastle to Hurricanes. Parth, what do you like about Newcastle to uh, pass up the Cougars? Yeah, I think it's less about what I like about Newcastle than the kind of the concerns that we've talked about with Blackhawk. Um, it seems like they, they started off hot, but you know now with, with two losses in the conference, um, seem to be on a downward trajectory, and that, that's the reason I picked against them. Yeah, I mean, I know Newcastle is talented. I don't know if they're completely healthy. Um, I did think at the beginning of this year, Newcastle would be a team again that would have talent and not beat Aliquippa, but at least be able to give them a little bit of a game. And uh, that's not the case. I mean, they just lost to Beaver. So that is tough. That's why I kind of like, I think Blackhawk is a better team than what their record indicates, but you never know what they're meant to. I mean, that's a team that's been through a lot with having to see their coach go overseas with all the injuries that they've experienced with COVID shutdowns, with games getting relocated with tough losses and, and key situations. I mean, 
maybe they've reached their breaking point. Who knows? But I think uh, uh, I think Blackhawk is well coached. I think that they're gonna suck it up, and I think they're gonna get a much needed victory here. And uh, four others are on that wavelength. We move on now to uh, Central Valley against Ambridge. Not much to discuss here. We're all going with the defending state champions, six to nothing over the Bridgers. Next game, Moon at Upper or Moon against Upper St. Clair. I should say the the Panthers are coming into Tiger Stadium, and we all like Moon six to nothing. A little look into what USC has to offer. This is a team that two weeks ago upset Peters Township and upset them big time, thirty-one to three. This is a team that almost beat Moon, and Upper St. Clair kicked the snot out of them. They ran the ball for almost one hundred and eighty yards. Moon only ran for twenty-nine against that team. I get that it's a rivalry. I get that it's 5A and anything can happen. But this does not look to be an easy matchup for Moon. We're all still riding with them. Um, Josh, what do you think about this one? This is one that I spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out what way I was going to go. I feel like I've kind of been the conductor of the Moon train this year. But uh, Upper St. Clair is playing really good football. Uh, I know last week against West Allegheny, obviously West Allegheny doesn't have Gavin Miller, so they're playing with a, a sophomore quarterback, I believe. Um, I, this just this feels like a really tough old-school matchup where it's going to just be ground and pound on both sides. It's going to be low scoring, I think. Um, but I, I just I couldn't go against Moon this week. It was really tough. I, I had Upper St. Clair written multiple times, but – it's it's Moon. I just I believe in in what that team can do. The little things to win football games. Anything to add, Parth? Yeah, no. I think something you touched on earlier in this in this podcast was the fact that Moon only had twenty something yards. You know, twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty nine rushing yards in the last game. They found a way to win against Peters Township. I think that's a that's a more of a positive than a negative, right? Like yeah. you look at a team that's relied on the ground game so much, um, to where people are questioning, okay, if they can't get that going, are they going to win games? And they struggled, but they they won that game, right? Like, so. yeah. and, and to be fair, you know, to my knowledge, no one died. So like, they're going to have that same <laughs> offensive line. They're going to have Dylan Sleva. They're going to have Joe Cotton. They're going to have uh, Ian Foster actually is out. He has a, he has a hand injury, but the rest of them, I mean, that team is still pretty healthy. And I think the odds of them having back to back bad days on the ground are probably pretty low. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with that it method just, of thinking, Parth, I get I maybe the Tigers probably will be fine. It's just it's just concerning just seeing how they we've never really seen them struggle. I mean, they've been in tough games. South Bay that's a tough opponent, and Peters Township was too. But this <laughs> is a team that really had Peters Township figured out. And if they could do that against PT. Maybe they'll be able to figure out Moon too. That's why USC is such a wild card. You never know what you're going to get with them. Um, but we all rode with the Tigers there. Moving forward, Nishanik against New Brighton. I, I, I mean, we all have Nishanik 6-0 here, but I, I think that New Brighton could make this a really good game. Nishanik is one of those schools. They're they're good at every sport. Um, where New Brighton is a team that's kind of underperformed to what they to what we expected them to do this year. However, they still have the athletes, and if Gabe Paddocks is there and ready to go. I could see this going down to the wire, but we are all rolling with the Lancers six to nothing. Next game is Keystone Oaks against Quaker Valley. I, I I did talk to the house on this one and he originally had Quaker Valley. And before I wrote it in the pick sheet, he changed his pick. And I said, Mr. House, what was the line of thinking? He thinks Quaker Valley's gaining some momentum. Um, they got a strong little run game that they got going there and he's not wrong, but Keystone Oaks is a little bit more ba- battle tested I guess the house has some personal vendetta against uh, Keystone Oaks. I don't know. 
So may, maybe he knows someone who, you know, had a head coach that left for there or something. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> moving forward, Riverside against Elwood City is our next game. Battle of the winless programs. Panthers against the Wolverines. Um, Elwood City looking for its first win in a couple of seasons. Riverside looking for its first win in, in the Fran Ramsden era. And uh, we're all thinking that's going to happen. We're all rolling with the Panthers here, a team that's been scrappy. They fought tooth and nail despite having a small roster. They're playing a lot of, you know, freshmen and sophomore. And we all think that that's going to pay off six to nothing. We all have the Panthers there. Next game is Southside against Brentwood. And all of us, aside from the house, are taking Southside. Not really sure what his line of thinking is on this yeah. one, um, <laughs> considering the Brentwood lost to Quaker Valley. Uh, is this is this a classic? Like I need to try and take a chance here. Make I, I don't game? know. And like, I don't know if this is the spot to really do that. And <laughs> Southside looked pretty good last week against Carlinton. Um, I I I can't really think of a, a justified reason why they'd lose this game. But hey, it's Whippeal football. Anything that ha- anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone with a paycheck from the Beaver County Times is taking Southside <laughs> on this one. <laughs> South Fayette, West Allegheny, West Allegheny still banged up. South Fayette's a really good football team. We all have the Lions 6 0 over the Indians. Uh, these next four games, or three of these next four games, I should say, are going to be really good. Let's get into the one that we don't think is really good. It's a Saturday matchup. Olsh Shenango. We like the Chargers 6 0 there. Olsh had a little bit of a scare last week against Union. Uh, down 30 to seven in the first quarter. I didn't think that was possible for this old <laughs> team, but for them to battle back the way they did, and Olsh is the perfect team to come back from large deficits because they can move the football. Normally in Class A, they can move the football through the air, I should say. Normally in Class A, when you get down by a lot and you're forced to pass, it's interception city. But yeah. having Nehemiah Zim, having a good offensive line, all those targets downfield, Olsh has that that offense they have those plays that can you know they can score in three four plays a drive and get back in that and for them to rally from behind and win that game in overtime was very impressive i think olsh handles its business this week against shenango and everyone else thinks so too six to nothing josh you got anything to add yeah i did want to add something there i did get some information last night about that game uh was unable to confirm who sat out the first quarter, but uh, Ulsh was down multiple starters in that first quarter um, for reasons that I won't share here. But yeah, they had multiple starters not on the field. So that I mean, could, still, that's why. I mean, <laughs> those starters are their war is 23, then their wins above replacement yeah. is 23 <laughs> yes. because that's their value. I mean, that's, holy cow. That's what I they, said. I was like, they missing Jack Lambert and, I, and Mean Joe Green. I, apparently, I mean, yeah, they were missing quite a few starters. And uh, yeah, next I mean, thing you know, the scoreboard says 30 that, to seven. After that's one. Union's playbook is uh, hey, they don't have <laughs> their, their starters in. Let's let's win now. <laughs> they did the same thing against Rochester. Well, that's that's what we said that night you know, seeing the scores, like who is union? Yeah. Who who, is this? We don't know. So we'll move on now to our last three games of the week uh, on this, on this slate, all very exciting. Um, We'll go into uh, the Beaver County times game of the week right now, which is Rochester against Cornell. This one's the battle for the big seven. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. If, if Rochester loses they're they're out of the conversation because that's their second conference loss. If Cornell loses, Rochester pretty much wins it because there's every team has one conference loss, but the two teams that would end with one conference loss would both have that loss being to Rochester. So they would secure it. 
Some would call it a three-way tie, but that's a Rochester Conference title, in my opinion. Um, we all like the Rams, six to nothing. However, I, I want to take a second to talk about Cornell and, and how impressive they've been yeah. over the last couple of weeks. That offense is really good with Sincere Kimbrough at the helm now, a quarterback. Timothy Henderson's probably, for my money, one of the most underrated players in the whip yep. And Raekwon Troutman is right there alongside them. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that duo perform this week. I mean, Cornell's a team that they, they won like one game last year. And now they're they're pushing for a, one of the top seeds in the whip playoffs. And they're winning every game in convincing fashion. I mean, Rochester and Olsh, you know, players or no players that played in that those games, they struggled against Union. Cornell handled business against Union and beat them. So I don't think this is going to be an easy game uh, for either team. Rochester being home definitely helps. And I think that they're continuing to get healthier and healthier. And we all like the Rams, but I think this will be a fun one. Guys, anything to add on that? Uh, you know, credit to Cornell. I, I do believe that EJ Dawson was the starting quarterback coming yeah. into the year. He went down, I think, week two or week three. Uh, we talked on a previous podcast about quarterbacks uh, in the Beaver Valley struggling with injuries all year. Mm. And some teams have really gone down the tubes with that but Cornell has has rallied and their offense looks really good as you mentioned uh it's always interesting to see the highlights on Twitter after the games what they do but I was at Rochester last week Noah and they it's just a different feel I mean there's a a noticeable chip on their shoulders after yeah, that it's loss. called the Beaver County Times <laughs> 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 apparently but uh they, there is a noticeable chip there there is a swagger there again and uh you know I thought Friday's game against Fort Cherry would would you know be a little closer because it was a rivalry matchup. Wasn't close. Thirty five nothing. Hand yeah. over the sticks. It, it was over quickly. Um, and yeah, it, it just it feels like Rochester is rolling at the right time. Uh, they could get Parker Lyons back here in the next few weeks. Uh, look out for that team. And, and and it's it's fun to see a team like that play with that chip and really put up results. Two games left on the slate here, and they're both being covered by the one and only Parthi Uh Shark Tears Valley against Beaver. This one's for second place right now in the Parkway Conference. Um, four to two in the picks. We uh, in favor of Shark Tears Valley. Only Bill and the House are going with the Bobcats. Parth, what are you looking for when you're heading to this one? What do you have your eye on? Yeah, this one was tough. Like Josh said earlier about, I think one of his games where he wrote wrote, wrote a team's name, crossed it out, wrote a team's name, crossed it out. That was me with this one. I did the same thing, part. So you're, and, you're good with this one here. And I think I I might have submitted the the wrong final you know judgment that I made, but there's a there's a chance for either team to win here. I think for for Shar Valley going against a team like Beaver that. So you are know, you changing your pick? I'm keeping my pick. Okay, I, I wrote it down. It's submitted. It's done. It's done. <laughs> for for Shar Valley, you know, to to beat Beaver, I think um, Beaver's very one dimensional. So they can you know, they can stack the box. They can stop guys like Wyatt Ringer. But counterpoint. Okay. Shark Tears Valley struggles with stopping the run. Cannot do they it. Couldn't, oh, they couldn't stop against... Blackhawk. Right, right. They couldn't stop Aliquippa, and, you know, not many teams can stop Aliquippa on the ground. But Blackhawk hasn't been able to run the football necessarily well against some of its other opponents. If you look at the yards on the ground allowed by Shark Tears Valley in all their games, I mean, it they, they get gashed on the ground quite frequently. So that's kind of a, a matchup in Beaver's favor i get that beaver's kind of easier to game plan against because they don't have passing threats but you kind of take away i mean they depend on those athletes in their secondary to make plays and maybe get them the football in areas of the field they normally don't get and they don't have that they're because beaver's not dumb they're not gonna throw the ball in anywhere near pain and so that could be a problem for them and 
the way Beavers offense rolls, if they can run the ball consistently, they can do what Blackhawk did and control the time of possession and keep Anthony Mackey off the field in that powerful offense. I think this one comes down to the wire. I'm still sticking with my pick. I just want to play devil's advocate to what you were saying, Park. No, and I think that's my thing, and that's ultimately why I'm sticking with my pick as well. Is I don't think Beaver has the ponies to keep up with the Shar Valley if you know if they get the ball a reasonable amount you of times. Say they don't have the Colts. <laughs> Josh looks like he's going to change his pick. That was I'm not, changing that was, my pick. Come on, Beaver. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm changing it. Now uh, I got to get a new screenshot for the article. That's fine. All right. I'm so sorry. It's, it's three it's, three now. You, you convinced me. I, I was I was leaning towards Beaver's defense. I just have a really good feel about that team, and, and obviously following along with Parth, what he was tweeting out last week uh, against Aliquippa. Anthony Mackey did not have a good game. Really struggled. Uh, against a good Aliquippa defense. I think Beaver is quietly underrated on that side of the ball. And, man. It's at home, too. It's at home, and they play really well at home. I, I'm I'm going they court. at home? Uh, no. What's that? They're undefeated at they, home. They have year. not lost at home. So That's right. I, I'm going with the Bobcats. I, I had to do it. I'm sorry, Nora. Right, it we'll creates more that work that. for you. Yeah, more work for me. I got to go into Microsoft Word and and, and change Reprint. one team's name to another and take another screenshot. Can't wait to file for the overtime on that one. Um, <laughs> in the last game, this is another one Parth will be at on Saturday afternoon. Um, he He's going to one Beaver Dam, and then he's going to a Golden Beaver Dam up the road in, in Midland there. Uh, still rocks against Western Beaver. I, for for my money, I think this is probably the best game in the Whippeal yes. this week, just looking at this matchup. Um, two really good teams in Class 2A, the, the headliner, the front runner, and Still Rocks, who's been blowing out everyone against a Western Beaver team who week by week just continues to get better. Um, they're, they're probably the top underdog in that classification. If you, you, know, you look at the five teams who are unbeaten in two way, and then you look past them a little bit. You have Beaver Falls and you have Western Beaver. I wish those two teams played each other. They don't. They might see each other in the playoffs, but um, I, 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 I'll start with this one. We all have Still Rocks six to nothing in the pick sheet here. However, I think that Western Beaver can make a statement, even if they don't win this game. If they take Still Rocks down to the wire, they're going to get more respect in their playoff seating yeah. than if they get blown out. I don't think that, I mean, it, this isn't a game where a loss is a loss and it's going to count the same where if they get blown out, kind of like with Southside, what happened with Southside against Stowe rocks, they're going to be viewed one way. Like, Oh, they're just a, you know, they're a playoff team, but they're an average, you know, team. Whereas if they take this team into the fourth quarter and they're only down by one score or something along those lines, I mean, you look at their resume, if they play Stowe rocks tough, they beat a 4A team fighting for the playoffs in Beaver, and their only loss was in Week 0 in overtime, where they maybe didn't even know who they were as a team yet. Yeah. And, and since they've really come together, they're really figuring things out. And unlike Southside, where I said the Rams don't necessarily have the athletes to match up, I think Western Beaver oh, does. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. Western Beaver has the skill, guys. They have the speed, and they have a little bit more depth where they're not going to get you know, gashed for big plays. Yeah. By the Vikings here. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who sees that part. What do you see in this one? Yeah, I think maybe I'm making this too simple, right? But you just look at the, the way Stowe Rocks has beat opponents. You know, you talked about some of them. I think they blew the brakes off of Jeanette, 82-0. Um, they blew yes, by they Shady did. side. They, no, they, they did. They I wasn't. I, was, did. I, I forgot Sorry. that happened. Man, no, that the, the screen, the screen froze for a second. Oh, you're good. Keep going. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, this is the way they, the way they pounded on opponents. Um, I think. 
Western Beaver ha- has come on, especially I think I noticed that when uh, I think Josh was covering that game against Beaver. They went against Beaver two weeks ago. Um, but I think Stowe Rocks is, is, you know, not head and shoulders better, but significantly better. All right. And Josh, did any of you nearly pick Western Beaver in this one? No, I did not. Not this one. Okay. I, it, I mean, it, if, they did, if they did, that would be probably one of their best program wins in the last 20 years for that program. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, I've covered quite a few Western Beaver games this year. It wow. was like 50, 50 for me, honestly. It They're was, a good team. They, they really are there. It's a good, good group. Um, you know, I like the coaching staff. They, they just seem to get it. I was really close, but I mean, it's still rocks. Like, this I, is I'm... to me, this has the feel of like a one versus eight seed matchup in March Madness where it it's just kind of like, yeah, I'd rather not be playing this team in the second round. You right. Know, like, no, that's it, perfect. It, it, yeah. You know, still rocks is the, is the blue chip, the Duke, not North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Though. But. No, but they're they're like Western Beavers, no slouch of an opponent, no. and they they can take this down the line. So I do I do want to say one thing really quickly. I think you're going to see a coming out party for Tyson Florence on Saturday. He's a heck of an athlete. Western Beavers starting to utilize him a little bit more at running back. Uh, you know he plays great safety as well on defense. Just a really good athlete for a sophomore, and I think that's a guy that uh, Parth is going to have eyes on on Saturday for sure. Looking forward to Parth's coverage on that one. Check out all of our coverage on at timesonline.com. Give us a follow on social media. Hit that subscribe all button if you haven't already for our podcast channel and spread the word. We like hearing our own voices. I assume you would as well. That's all we got for this week. We'll see you next week. Thank you all for tuning in.